From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. Back in episode 34, we talked about why you should celebrate your friends. Noelle, our friendship expert, Elise, our self-professed party girl, and me talk about the benefits of celebrating those that matter in our life. Since each of us love a good celebration, we thought it would be fun to get together and do a deep dive into what we think makes a good party. We'll be talking our favorite parties and what we do to get ready for one. So let's jump right in and talk about what makes a good party. Um, Ladies, I want to hear one example of something that happened at a party or some element of a party that you hosted or that you attended that made that party stand out. Well, um, I guess I would, in addition to being a party girl, I also have party (laughs) paranoia. So um, what that means is I, I get I can get myself a little hysterical before the party actually starts, and um, I don't I certainly don't like that about myself, and I don't think it sets up a good party. So recently I had people over for dinner, and I was so ready. Um, you know, I was, I was, my, my outfit was on well in advance. My makeup was done. I had prepared much of the meal, as much of the meal as possible ahead of time. And and I could really relax and enjoy my guests. And honestly, I think for me and for them, that's one of the greatest gifts that I can experience and enjoy and, and, uh, give to them at at a party at my house. Mm. Well, I think what makes a good party is always food, like good food. <laughs> yes. I'm kind of a foodie. I'm just thinking of a party I went to recently. I love when there's like a theme with the food and they had a mashed potato bar. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> like basically, I just thought it was, such a, it was such a cool idea. They made this like m- this gigantic pot of mashed potatoes and they did it well. You know, these were not instant mashed potatoes. These were like the real deal with the butter and the milk and the salt and the pepper. Yeah. Anyways, they did that. And then they had chili and they had all these toppings that you could put on the mashed potatoes. And it was fun okay. because you got to see how everyone like did their own mashed potato, you know, bowl and the different kind of personality and, and just, I, I just love that. Um, and, but it was so simple because we all kind of brought like a topping with us. Mm. So we provided some toppings and they provided the mashed potatoes and chili and that was it. Mm. But I loved it. Yeah. Sounds good. I've seen that done at weddings where you get served the mas- mashed potatoes and martini glasses, and then you go yeah. and you, like, top them and stuff. So I love that idea. Oh, I've never fun. heard of that, and I love it. I love mashed potatoes. <laughs> I'm a good Irish girl. I know you are. Um, I've often done, like, a baked potato bar because I feel like it's um, it's easy. Everyone yeah. can make it their own way, and it's not super expensive. It's a great, like, budget party True. food. You could True. get, like, a big five-pound bag of baked potato, you know, potatoes to bake for, like, a buck ninety-nine if it's on sale, and then just really go to town with the different toppings. Yeah. I like that. That's potatoes good. are good. Mm. Um, let's see. So recently I threw a surprise 50th birthday party for my husband. Yes, I hosted it, but it, I, I tried. There, there were some new things that I never incorporated into a party before. So that's why, to me, it was pretty special. Um, we had a live band, which... That's fun. I mean, who would think a live band at a house? I mean, at least not at the house, small house parties I've been to. Um, and they were fabulous. I mean, like it just mm-hmm. brought a festivity to the party that even if you yes. were in a lull in a conversation, you had this live music that you could tap your feet to and you didn't feel like, oh, this is awkward. I need to go find somebody else to talk to. I didn't have to worry about changing um, my playlist out. I didn't have to worry about all that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was a handful of people who were at the party that, that I guess I had the band in a, a room that wasn't really accessible from or wasn't easily seen from where the main party was. And I had some people be like, there's a band here? I just thought you had really good speakers. (laughs) I'm like, no, there's a band over there. Um, So that really was kind of special. I mean, it was definitely a splurge because it was my husband's 50th birthday. And I don't think I would have done it had the restaurant that I had catered the party not had those 
pre-existing relationships. It was a restaurant yeah. where they have live music. So they were like, yeah, we've got some people that we can pass on to you. And mm. it was a splurge, but I don't think it was expensive. Like, I don't mm. think, I think it's, it was a little bit more than getting a DJ, which yeah. it, it really, for, you know, I think, I feel like we got a lot of bang for our buck with the band. And yeah. then, um, a lot of alliteration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very impressed with that. So, Noelle, um, you recently did a Galentine's Day episode on your Friending podcast where you gave your listeners some great party ideas. Um, just before we start talking about those party ideas, can you briefly tell us um, what Galentine's Day is? Of course. Galentine's Day is simply ladies celebrating ladies. Uh, if you are a Parks and Rec fan, you will know, know what I'm talking about. Um, there's a character on Parks and Rec- Recreation whose name is Leslie Nope, and she's the one that kind of pioneered the Galentine's Day, and she would host a brunch mm-hmm. on February 13th, which mm-hmm. is the day before Valentine's Day. And it was just for her friends, just to kind of honor them. Love and, and you know, it's it was always kind of a funny part of the show, and every season there was always a Galentine's Day. So... On my other podcast show, Friending, we decided to talk about that, talk about celebrating our female friendships. But one thing that, you know, about one of the things I like to say over and over again to people is Valentine's Day does not have to be celebrated on February 13th. It can be celebrated whenever you want. It's just a day that you set aside to honor your female friends and to honor your friendship. Love that. There's lots of fun ways to do it. And the Galentine's Day episode has all those ideas there. Mm-hmm. Noel, can you share just a few of your favorite parties from that list that you shared in that episode? Yes. Well, one of my favorite ones, probably not one of my friend's favorite ones, are the themed costume parties. I love a good themed costume party, and I do throw them, and my friends begrudgingly come. But they always have a good time because it's fun to see how everyone dresses up. I One of my favorite... Uh, one of my favorite parties we ever threw, this wasn't a Galentine's Day, but it was for my husband's birthday, and he loved The Office, the TV show The Office, and so I made everyone come dressed as an office, one of the characters from the show The Office, and it was so much fun. <laughs> I think there's lots of ways that you can do this. I've heard of women having, um, uh, like, you know the TV show Friends? Mm-hmm. They come dressed as, like, Friends characters or characters from Sex and the City, like, you know, these kind of famous TV shows that are based around friendship. And they have these, like, themed costume parties. I think it's great. I love it. I love a good themed costume party. I think it breaks down some barriers and it's just fun. Do you assign Mm -hmm. role, like, do you assign who people dress up as? I mean, are you going to have, like, four couples and they're all Pam and Jim? There were that I kind of let people, you know because sometimes you let you know if you make people do things too much they start to really resent you. But I, I have thrown murder mystery parties before. Mm, I threw a, I threw a murder mystery party. This is not a joke. That had sixty people at it. Oh my god! And I wrote it myself. I am going to brag a little bit here. I wrote it myself. I wrote everybody a character. Oh my goodness! And we divided it up into like three different kind of stories, but. I signed those, and that was really fun. This is probably showing people how crazy I am, but I do really, I like that kind of stuff. I'm, you know, as a kid, I did a lot of acting. So to me, I guess this meets a need in my life, this themed costume party thing. It's very fun. It's Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I've I've participated in a murder mystery party, and that was a lot of fun. And they did not write it, they just downloaded it from online. So mm-hmm. maybe in the show notes I can include um, some of the yeah. mystery websites where you can just pay a small fee and you get all of yeah. the information sent to you. So we did get – which in that in that respect when you – but you had 60. We had a small group, and so every person had a role. And so what happened was we all came dressed like our person. So we were given – who yeah. we were supposed to dress up as. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was fun. It was really fun to um, – do that one up. And then I actually did, it wasn't a murder mystery because it was a kid party, but it was um, like a stolen, something was stolen and we had to figure out it was a mystery. Right. And yeah. I did, did that for my daughter's surprise 11th birthday. And you know, in, in the beginning she's like, oh mom, nobody's going to want to do that. And when I tell you these girls dressed to the nines to their roles and they yes. absolutely positively loved it. So I think those are 
super fun parties to have, especially if you don't, if you want to do something purposeful instead of everybody bring, you know, everyone dress up or, you know, make up whatever you want and show up like it, to have a theme and to have yeah yeah some specificity oh. is awesome can i tell a funny uh, party fail story about a themed costume party that i threw <laughs> yeah i had a really cool spy birthday party for my son who at the time was turning i believe seven mm-hmm. and this is when we were living in northern ireland if you knew anything about northern ireland there was a there was a conflict that was quite intense for a while there um, between the Catholic and Protestant communities. And, and we lived there. And so we had this spy birthday party and we told all the kids to come dress up as spies. And we had this whole storyline. We had this guy who like acted. We had people make videos. And anyway, I wasn't really thinking because I was just a dumb American. And I had a video <laughs> of my brother who pretended to be like the, the, the FBI get on the video and say, you know, you know, whatever the spy names were, you, know, you need to go and you need to find the bomb and defuse it. Oh, but geez. these poor kids were, you, <laughs> were used <laughs> no. to real bombs being like near them. They freaked Terror. out. <laughs> they freaked out. Oh my gosh. And I had to be like, no, there's no real bomb. Mm. It's just, it's just a cake. <laughs> it was a cake. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but they were so freaked out. Cause I forgot that that is just how they grew up. You know, yeah. and it, w- it went from being a really fun birthday to about a lot of little boys crying and wanting to go home. <laughs> oh, fun, fun, fun. So <laughs> some parties don't go as planned. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I did go to a themed costume party. It was a birthday party, and it was a 20s theme. And I got dressed up. At first, I was like, oh, really? And then I just totally went full force went for it our family you know my husband dressed up but i was amazed at the amount of people that did not come dressed up oh, i yeah. don't like those kinds of people and literally <laughs> i felt like it was almost it was almost half and half and and it was a decent amount of people that just did, and i'm like okay i didn't even know the person well whose party it was and i was like you're his friends and you're looking like, come on, you know, like, I, yeah. I, you know, so I, I do find that when they're themed, I don't love costume parties, but actually I should, I shouldn't say that. I don't love Halloween parties. I never want to dress up in a Halloween costume. I just think it's like, to me, that's like a forced day to do a costume party. But if you give me a theme like the twenties or yeah. I, I don't know, think of some other themes. I, I can do that. I'm into that when it's like other times of the year. And so, I, yeah, I thought that was a little crummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to do it, everybody needs to participate. Yeah. Gosh, I can't even remember the last time I was at a costume party. Maybe that's... Maybe it's time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been a long time. I remember my husband and I being Bonnie and Clyde once. That was fun. Oh, mm. my gosh. Long time ago. All right, Noel, give us another one from that list. Um, there's a, a party that I like to call craft it up. Mm-hmm. This is a really good party. If you're like hosting a party where there's going to be different friends from different kind of parts of your life in a sense. So for Galentine's, for instance, you may have friends who don't really know each other show up at your party. And I think a craft is a really good way for people to get to know each other because you're doing the same thing. You have something to do. People don't feel like they have to go around and have these awkward conversations with each other. They just kind of sit down at the table and do a craft together. And they kind of sort of get to know each other as they're asking the person to pass them glue or Mm, kind of, you know, I just think it can be really fun. It's something you're doing together. Even people don't really like crafts. I think if they're going to a party where they don't know anyone really, Mm -hmm. it gives them something to do and a purpose to be there. So it feels less awkward yeah yeah so um i know i've heard of these cool parties where you make these like flower crowns have you seen those mm-hmm. they're really kind of the trendy thing now i know a girl who just did that and she just said it was really fun she had a bunch of fresh flowers she got the mm. little thingies yeah i don't really know what the technical term term is <laughs> but you know the thing you weave through the flowers and then they took pictures afterwards and it was just a really fun way for them all to get to know each other. They had some sort of common thing they were That's doing fun. together. So I think yeah. the craft party, you know, is a fun one. Right. I like that idea. I know that when we um, have our mops meetings, we always have a craft. 
And I would agree that people gather around that table and they start to chat about, you know, they, they may, they've already been sitting in a particular table. Now they come to more of a community table and start just chit chatting. So I think it does lend itself to that. Even if you're not crafty, I guess the key is to keep it fairly simple so everybody can (laughs) understand and get get in there and know what they're doing. Yes, I agree with that. And the most recent uh, issue of the Magnolia Journal, which is um, Mm -hmm. Fixer Upper, Joanna Gaines. Yes, yes, um, Yes. She had an article about having a flower arranging party but they, oh, her suggestion was um, like having someone from a local florist come mm-hmm. and like be there to teach you. I mean, I don't know how them. I don't know how much love that costs. That. I don't know if that's something that I love they'd that. be willing to send somebody over because it's like promo for their shop. I know some. Yeah. We've we threw a wine party once and it didn't cost any money to have. I don't know how the to wine pronounce person. it. The wine person, the, the sommelier. sommelier. I don't, it yeah. didn't cost anything to have him come to the house, but we had to buy all the wine from their wine shop, and then we tipped him. So mm-hmm. to have right. an expert come Radio. to the house and yeah. kind of facilitate something like a craft that, like, for example, flower arranging, I know nothing about, um, mm-hmm. sounds really fun. And yeah. I think, again, people will come that maybe normally wouldn't come because they're learning something new or they know that, that, it, it, that it's a thing, like they're doing something. They're not just coming right. and making yeah. small talk with people they don't know. I think it eliminates the opportunity for you to have insecurities about meeting people and making new friends. And yep. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. And if either of you have these parties, I want to be invited just for the record. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Noelle, give us one more party that was on that list. Okay, this is one of my favorites, and that is the scavenger hunt party. I personally believe that you're never too old to have a scavenger hunt. Yeah. And it can be very fun. What you do is you get you invite you invite your friends and you invite you know, don't be afraid to kind of again mix the groups of your life together because it's mm. be a great way for them to meet. Mm-hmm. You put them on two different teams, you make a list of things that they have to find and take pictures of on their phone. And, and then it's like, you know, it's almost like, um, that game, I forget what it's called. The, the world race. No, that's not it. The amazing the race. Great, the amazing oh, yeah, race. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like an amazing race party and they take pictures and then whoever gets back first, all the pictures, wins some sort of ridiculous prize. So, and like, this is, what, around town in your neighborhood? You can do it. I've done it now. You can't do it anymore in malls because I got in trouble once for doing it in a mall. But we used to be able to do it in the mall. But you can do it around town. You can do it. I've done it in New York City. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something like, you know, you know, take a picture with the barista at Starbucks, you know, or something. It's, it's like yeah. silly little things. It's yeah. silly little things, and you just kind of make a game out of it. Whoever comes back first and has met all the requirements of the scavenger hunt wins some kind of ridiculous prize. And it could be silly medals, or the whole idea is really to kind of get t- get back in touch with your childhood and just be yeah. silly yeah. and not take yourselves so seriously. Sometimes these parties are way too serious, and yeah. you know. It's fun to get dressed up and all that stuff, but sometimes it feels really kind of serious. I think every once in a while, as women and as friends, we just kind of need to just be silly and have fun and laugh and kind of let go of some of that, you know, self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. I love that because I have to say, I, I don't really recall going to a lot of these theme parties um, when I was in my thirties and forties. Um, it was all dinner parties and frankly, I had a great time at them and they were beautiful, but I was very intimidated to have a party because I just, I don't, I, my cook, my cooking is okay. And, um, their cooking was unbelievable. (laughs) My, uh, you know, I mean, seriously, it was, it was really, um, they were just so good at it. I, I think of a few friends, and I just was like, nope. I'd make up a lot of parties in my head, but I'd never have them. But I love this idea <laughs> of, um, I mean, yes, I think good food is really important. I am a total foodie. But I love this idea of making it not about only that, yeah. but instead making it about some other way of connecting. I mean, we did do things 
like I'm thinking, you know, as you described that scavenger hunt, we did one um, years ago. We did, we did like limo races um, around, you know, Boston and I was at Boston college and we did them down the shore. I remember. And I, and the same person who hosted down the shore a long time ago is hosting a party this summer called (laughs) 59 and feeling fine. And so we're all getting together (laughs) to celebrate not being 60. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's at the I same, love that. Same, same town down here at the shore. So it's really mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I think you hit upon something with everything that you've already mentioned, like with the themed party, whether it's a murder mystery or not, well, craft it up, um, scavenger hunt. It gives people something to do and it mm-hmm. enables connection that normally wouldn't yeah. be made. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had, we've had dinner parties, um, nothing, nothing major, but, you kind of have to figure out who you're inviting because you're going to be at the table and then there's a lot of thought. Yes. And, and dinner parties are good. Like, we've intentionally brought families together that didn't know each other. Like, we brought, we, nice. we had a dinner party with um, two couples that lived right across the street from each other and they never met. And we're like, we know you'd like each other. Come over to our house. So right, yeah. when you throw a dinner party, there's a lot of thought, I think, into who's coming, what do they like, Absolutely. what's going to make sense. Um, and mm-hmm. you, you have to be thoughtful about, I think, pairing the right people up. However, if you're doing something that's based around an activity, there's not so much of that that needs to happen. So. One of the things we like to do is a game night party. We have a group of people that we rotate with, and we've done really extravagant, like the murder mystery, or we've done like totally simple with um, like the last time we hosted, we did this game called Timeline, and you um, put things in order, like history, events in history, you put them in order. And that's the only game we played. We played two rounds of it, and it was just so fun. But then what it does is it, gets rid of awkward conversations it get it, yes. get, it, it eliminates um maybe conversations about politics or conversations about touchy subjects that nobody really wants to talk about yeah um, we just want to come together and we just want to have fun and and then the activities like for us and that particular party because it was um history based it like brought up conversations that you wouldn't normally have so for example um, one was on pop culture, and one of the things was um, the TV show Friends comes out. So now all of a sudden we're having this conversation about, oh, my gosh, I was in college when that came out. You were in college. Mm, I was here. Mm, and, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I remember yes. that show. I used to watch it with my friends. And, and those are not things that you normally talk about at your average party right. because yes. how, do you ever, yeah. how do you ever get there? How do you yeah. ever, yeah. you yeah. know? They're, they're good prompts. Yes, yes. And without so, even knowing so now it. Where did you where did you get the information on that party? Is it a, is that something you buy? Oh, no, it's just a game. So Amazon has all different um, versions of it. So we happen to own the Americana, which is like everything pertaining to America. And then we also mm-hmm. have um, just world history in general. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we played cool. each version. And because mm-hmm. we had, there was eight adults. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a long game, you know, but yeah. it was fun. And it didn't get tiresome because, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I don't know when this happened or... I'm so bad at history or, Oh, I know this one. And, and you find out why people know the random details that they know. And, um, but it's just a, it comes in a little box and there's a set of cards and I think they have entertainment and, um, like each box is a different theme. I think they have entertainment and music, they have, um, sports, so you can get really any theme you want. Um, but that, that whole idea, like I love having, parties with games i even feel nice. more comfortable at having somebody inviting some somebody over if i know we're going to play a game yeah then i don't have to worry about making small talk and mm-hmm. then we end up talking about a lot of things yeah and i think yeah. that's fun nice i love it i'm a big believer in games as you know mm-hmm. board games i i really think they can make the world a better place but that's a different episode <laughs> but i do i really do love board games i think there's a lot of benefit from it and we host our own game nights as well so mm-hmm. and i think too when you host a game night there's a potential to take the pressure off the food right so f- it may be your thing to have an elaborate dinner it may be your thing to have wonderful appetizers but with like a game night and again i i'm saying that we've We've run the gamut. Like when we had the murder mystery, it was very much an elegant dinner. And like typically yeah. whatever the game was kind of, you know, 
told us what the food was going to yeah. be yeah. almost sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and you can do a game night and only serve appetizers and just munch the night away. And I think when people come over, they're not expecting a big dinner. They're not expecting a sit-down dinner if they know it's a game night. And so yeah. um, mm-hmm. you could do pizza. You could do ice cream sundaes. You could do, like, I, that's when I did my potato bar. Mm-hmm. Because mm. we, we don't want to spend the we, we're not the idea is not to spend the night consumed with the making meal. your meal yeah. yeah yeah I mean you can yes. certainly feed people but then you can also decide how much or how little you want to feed people so at least nope. you have mentioned dinner parties mm-hmm. that you've had your share yeah tell us about have. dinner parties and what you love about them pretty simple um, well I I do love good food that's number one and I've definitely had. Um, a dinner party that runs the gamut. I will say I actually do love a potluck dinner. And yeah. by that, I don't mean big, big, huge casseroles at all. I really mean <laughs> putting together a party with all the different elements, but all, the whole burden is not on the host or the hostess. Mm. And, and so I really love that concept. I mean, I love giving the gift of a beautiful dinner to somebody, but that's a lot of pressure. Um, and I did do that recently and I, um, I prepared a lot in advance, as I mentioned earlier, um, I was really ready to go so that we could really enjoy, um, this, and this, in this case, it was just one couple. I would say normally when I had a dinner party, it would be more like six to eight, maybe 10 people, um, usually couples. Um, but again, in the case where I'm making the entire meal, one of the things, for example, I didn't have, I had a beautiful dinner, but I did not have a vegetable. Instead, I just had the salad. You know, I think that's part of the pressure is to have too many elements to the meal yes. and they all have to be knock them out of the park kinds of things. And instead we make this amazing, um, sweet potato, white potato casserole. When I say we, I mean my husband and I, cause we do make it together. There's a lot of chopping and slicing and he's really good at, um, being the, what is that? The sous chef. I'm the yeah. executive chef and he's the sous chef. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, this is so delicious. It's really herby and creamy and, and decadent and it can be made ahead of time. So that's, you know, it's kind of, to me, that's the star of the meal and I the salad can be thrown recipe. together pretty easily. I love a good salad that just has like the nuts, the fruit, the cheese in it. Um, I'm trying to think we, we served, uh, um, popovers, which are kind of a special thing. They are a little, I I said to my husband the other night, when we do this dinner party again, we'll do the same meal, but we won't include the popovers because they take me into the kitchen for too long. And I don't want to be, I want to be part of what I'm doing. So just, you know, kind of figuring out sort of a perfect, beautiful standard meal that you could offer to more than one group. I think is a nice way of doing a beautiful dinner party. As I said, the other option is definitely doing the same kind of thing with um, a potluck, but not, it's more like, okay, so you'll bring the salad. I'll obviously prepare, you know, usually the host will prepare the meat or, or the chicken or the, the fish, whatever it's going to be, because that's just really hard to bring to a house. But then somebody else can make a lovely vegetable and somebody else can bring, but you know, again, I'm much more now in the, um, in the, I'm doing more standards. Um, another thing I made the other night for this dinner party was I had the basic hummus, you know, delicious whole foods has great hummus with carrots and some nice pita chips or, and a sugar snap peas. But I also had bacon wrapped dates. So that was the star of, of the hors d'oeuvre type, uh, uh, the hors d'oeuvre time, you know, bacon wrapped dates with blue cheese. So, you know what I mean? Like that's something oh, I like that. That's yeah. a good point. Like you could have very simple, very assembly, yeah. easy, um, appetizers that don't take a lot of work and then have a star appetizer yeah. where you actually have to tend to and yeah. create. And I think that that's smart because it can get overwhelming with it, all of yeah. the things that you need to have. And, and I, my rule for my parties in the past were definitely, I had to do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in the case of this party, my friend brought dessert. God forbid. That's my me. That's my thing. I'm a baker, much more of a baker than a cook. So, you know, I was kind of, it was hard for me to let go of the dessert, but she brought this gorgeous flourless chocolate cake from Trader Joe's. I'm telling you, it was so good and just sprinkled some powdered sugar on them on it and some fresh raspberries. And that 
combination looked beautiful and tasted yeah. beautiful, and we all enjoyed it, even though, God forbid, I didn't make it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm about beautiful meals and learning how to simplify them. And I have to say, honestly, um, my sister Sheila is an expert at this, and I've watched her. She's my younger sister. And she's 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 taught me a lot about how to do this this whole dinner party better, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. I love it. I, I had well, recently it. we went um, we were invited over to a couple's house that was in the neighborhood, and I was just so taken aback by like the formality of it, but in a, in a really nice way, because I had gotten so used to being so casual with my dinner. Like people would be like, well, what do you want me to do? And I'll be like, whatever, I got it. I'm fine. And when I asked her the question, she's like, okay, would you take this, take the lid off and bring it over to the, like, she like was very clear with what she wanted me to do. And I was like, it was kind of nice. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so I, I felt like she was still hosting me. Um, you know, because sometimes I'm like, no, 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 I got it. Like, I'm the host. I should be able to do everything by myself. And then yeah. when I do ask someone to do it, it's just because I'm totally flustered and not because I'm like, absolutely, I need this put here. I need this. And there was just something about it that was really nice. And then the table was set beautifully before we got yeah. there. And she lit candles. And I was like, it's only the four of us, right? Like, we're like, <laughs> you're lighting candles? Oh, how not? Yeah. Like, there was just those little elements. <laughs> I know. But those little elements, I don't. I don't know. It was really nice to have, you know, it was a simple dinner, but Mm -hmm. everything was plated really nice, like with the good Mm -hmm. bowls and the good plates and the good silverware. And that's really nice to do that sometimes. And it um, it sets the tone for just grown up conversation and elegance. And that's really nice. You know, and I have to say, that's another thing that I definitely do when I'm having a dinner party, I have flowers I have candles and the table is set up and looks beautiful before people get there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's almost like no matter what I'm serving. I just, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, uh, um, and people do, they, they comment. Yeah. And I think it makes people feel special. Even just the flowers. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, the flowers are so beautiful, yeah. you know? And then when we actually light the candles and so it's nice. I, yeah. I, like I got to remember that. Because I, I feel like I've kind of gone to the casual side because I want everyone to feel comfortable. And the mm. last time we had a few pe- couples over, it was nice, but it wasn't like, it didn't feel grown up. Mm. Like, it felt mm. unfinished. And yes, we were sitting at the dining room table. Um, yes, it was a good meal. But it just, like, going the extra step you said with the flowers and the candles and the places and having that all set up ahead of time, it's mm-hmm. so nice. It is nice, and it's kind of easy. There is a great magazine that we're going to put in the show notes called Mingle, M-I-N-G-L-E. I have seen it at Michael's, and it has such good ideas for table settings Mm. and just decoration. So it's beautiful. I think it comes out four times a year. So it's based upon the season and they have great ideas for parties, but certainly for how to dress your table. So I would Mm -hmm. totally recommend getting your hands on one of those. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you feel intimidated by putting together a whole dinner party, a great alternative to that could be brunch. We hosted um, a family over for brunch, and it was wonderful because the food could be low maintenance. The company could be low maintenance. It's the time of day when, you know, you have some time to just come over and spend before the whole day gets started. So it's not a huge commitment. People don't have to have it on their calendar mm. for, you know, ahead of time. There's mm. um, my friend Sarah. She hosts every year a back-to-school bagels brunch. So nice. she does it in September. It's just a time for everybody to kind of get back to seeing each other after a long summer there's bagels there's um some quiche there's orange juice mimosas coffee it's really basic mm-hmm. and it's low maintenance and like who doesn't love a good bagel with cream cheese yeah you know i mean especially in the morning so i love them so I it's I, lo- I love brunch parties takes a lot of the yeah. pressure off yeah I agree. Yeah. I think that's, I think brunch parties are really, really fun and, uh, much less involved than a, than an evening yeah. kind of yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. I've done that for, I did that for many of my children's sort of family parties and it worked out really well. And Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really nice alternative to like pizza parties, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Who doesn't love a good bagel? And yeah. some cream cheese. And some mm. fruit salad, and you're good to go. Yeah. You know, though, 
We're very spoiled in New Jersey. We have the best bagels. We do. Yeah. We do. And the best pizza, too, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'd like a bagel anywhere else, but living here, I would love a bagel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So let's shift a little bit and talk about what are the things that we should consider when hosting a party? Okay. Well, you got to consider the people. Yeah. You do need, you know, when you have a, for instance, when you're inviting a family over and there's children, you need to take that into consideration. So some things, you know, you you might want to think about the food, having activities for the kids to do. You may not be, you may not be as fancy, you know, maybe you will, but you got to think about who's coming and what would best make them feel comfortable and celebrate it in your home? Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different with different people. So yeah, that's the first thing I think is who are you inviting and how can you celebrate them in a way that they really feel that and can receive that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we mentioned in episode 10 of the podcast called hospitality, we talked about true hospitality is when people feel your house leaving better about themselves, not better about you. And I think this yeah. can um, apply to celebrations as well in terms of, yes, hosting a party's fun and I love to host it. But at the end of the day, if it's all about me, it's never going to it's never going to satisfy me. But yeah. if I'm there to serve others and hope that, you know, and make sure that they have a good time and roll out the welcome mat for them it's going to be a good party and Mm -hmm. when you know when you mentioned kids i've thrown a few parties where people always are like oh are the kids invited are they not invited so being clear with that up front i think is really important so Mm -hmm. you know if we're inviting a few families over i'm like very clear like you and your husband or your family all of you Mm -hmm. know what i mean making sure Mm -hmm. that people know and um you know, even when I threw the party for my husband, I didn't say kids were welcome, but I had to go back and tell everybody, yeah, they're welcome. Oh, my gosh, they, they totally are welcome. Like, because it was an odd time of day. It was like, I don't remember, was it like a three o'clock party? It was mm-hmm. like, but it went into the evening. Sometimes when it's an evening party, people automatically know no kids. Yeah. But um, being clear about who indeed is invited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. I always ask if my kids are invited. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, are you sure? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's important to, to consider them. I think budget is important to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do need to, even even with a dinner party, you need to decide how much you're going to spend on it. Absolutely. It can get I, very expensive. It can get very expensive. I mean, even my kids' birthday parties, I'm shocked sometimes at how much we have spent on it if we haven't thought about it. Yeah, that's true. So... Now I, you know, in the season life that I'm in, I'm a, I've gotten a little wiser. It wasn't always this way, but I do try to set a budget for how much we're going to spend on the party. And really, you don't have to blow a lot of money. You know, there's lots of ways to do really fun and really lovely parties without spending a ton of money. Mm-hmm. We can spend money on stuff that people do not notice or mm-hmm. do not take with them. <laughs> like, I do love favors, but I can tell you, a lot of favors are left behind yeah, or they're just um, thrown out after like a month of collecting dust on someone's shelf. So I think there's some ways you can cut back and it's not going to take away from the, the fun and the enjoyment of the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one thing to say about favors or maybe two, <laughs> you know, my kids were little and we did parties and we had favors, which I guess we still do have favors now. Um, like I wanted my favor to be very, purposeful and not something that would get thrown away. So I probably spent more on favors than I needed to, but I did that on purpose. So my daughter had like an animal themed party. I didn't get her, I didn't get a favor that was three or four different kinds of like tchotchke animal characters. I did a part, like a, a puzzle that had animals in it. So they cost me about $5 a piece. But then I was like, you know what? I'd rather have you know, 10 kids come and spend yeah. $5 a piece, then go crazy and have a huge party and then have everybody go home with these like tchotchke things that get thrown yeah. out or like candy that I would never let my kid eat. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I've been very discriminating about the favors that I give out. And if I can't give out a good favor, I don't, or I make it kind of a part of the party. 
You know what I mean? Like it's something that yeah. we're creating at the party that becomes your favor. So right, I put right. it in I a like bag that. at the end of the day and I put a bow <clears throat> on it and then they're taking it home. And so they feel like they're still going home with something. Um, yeah. We did and, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a friend. Um, we often do a girl's night out. At, with friends from church and she always has a favor for us and I'll have to say it's like a throwback to being a kid it's kind of really nice and mm. it's all it is is it's usually candy it's usually like some M&M's and sometimes there's some glitter in the Aww, bag and then it's nice. tied and there's actually a handwritten note of encouragement from her so it's Aww. like you know you're a rock star or um it's a scripture or it's something where you're like this is for me, you know? And, and so, yes, I would absolutely say if you don't have a budget, don't do favors, but if you have a little wiggle room, something, just a little something, um, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Or I would say if it stresses you out to try to think of a favor, you don't need to do it. Put the money, put the money towards something that you really love and about the party. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm thinking back, like with the little bags of tchotchkes, I would say that was really fun for my kids to put together. So I probably let them do that a few times, Mm -hmm. you know, so the the kids would come home with a bag of junk. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. I guarantee you this could be, this could be a debatable topic. (laughs) But we also did, um, to your point, Kimberly, um, Amelia's birthday is right, right near, um, Halloween. So we would do pumpkins and the kids would decorate the pumpkins. That was part of the party. And then they'd be able to bring it home. And we certainly have done frames and the kids Mm, got to decorate the frames and we had a Polaroid camera and they got to bring that home as well. So I I love that kind of stuff I think is um, really fun. Yeah. So And I love the idea of adult favors like your your friend. Yeah. That's really nice. That's very special. Yeah. Yeah. So anything they could do double duty as a favor is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where like a photo booth comes in. So we yeah. actually mm-hmm. downloaded an app called uh, like photo booth, but it was like photo booth party. And it was a lot, it, it costs more than a normal app. I think it was about $30 and you get you, it's yours. So you could use it for every party. It's not like, um, you know, it's not like you pay a one-time company to come in and do a photo booth and then they're gone. Um, so it's an app. It's on my daughter's iPad, and we can set it up for every single party that we have. And what it does is it actually will do the strips, but it shoots it right to your computer wirelessly, and they print out. You don't have to really man it. Um, we, do, we do, like, slice it. One year um, for my daughter's birthday party, we, we used it, and I sliced them because it prints out two strips per 4 by 6 photo card. And I put them into bookmarks. From Amazon, mm. I got, um, you know, plastic bookmarks, and it would slide in, and that's what it was meant like for. And, really nice. like, Love again, that. favor, activity, um, inexpensive way to do a photo booth. I mean, we did, like, I, I went to Target and bought a curtain, and then I have, like, a curtain rod that's a tension rod, and so we just stick it up. And so for that day, we have this curtain up. Sometimes I'll, like, you know, put shapes on it or whatever. But... And then I bought some paper kind of photo booth things. But now we have mm-hmm. that for every party, for every event. Yeah, that's and it might really look fun. slightly yeah. different for the event, but we have it on hand, which is super fun to do. So you need to consider the space you have to work with. You know, I mean, this is very common sense, but I, if you have, if you're having it in your home, you need to consider how many people you can have in your home. Mm-hmm. And if the space, you know, there's, if there's things that you want to do, like an activity Where's the best place for for you to do that? Yeah. So we recently had a ninja party for Silas, my son, and we had it in our home. And Troy actually built one of those like low kind of Japanese style tables for it. And it was like low and long. And that's where they did all of their activities and um, the, everything took place in this in our living room, but I had to consider like what ninja activities we were, we were going to do. So we couldn't have like, <laughs> <That's> for sure, <laughs> we couldn't have like foam sword fighting, you know? So these were like very calm, um, pacifist ninjas. <laughs> to do any, they did a lot of crafts <laughs> and, uh, guessing games, but I had to consider that. And it was, it was still very fun and it winded up being a rainy day anyway. So we really couldn't have done a lot of outside activities, but it was very fun. They made their own, you know, different, they made their own Chinese stars and their own kind of t-shirts and, and, but I had to consider where am I doing this party Mm -hmm. and will these act, 
activities work. So you do have to put a little thought into that kind of stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be frustrated when it comes to the day and you have these plans and you spent money and all these people are here and there really isn't any room to do what you want to do. So I think just taking a little time and saying, will this space work and how can I work? How can I use it to serve what I want to do. Just because you have a small house doesn't mean you shouldn't have parties. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I have a small house and we have a lot of parties here. Mm -hmm. I just think you have to get creative. Yeah. And you think about it. And then you you find really cool things to do because you're forced to be creative. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's a small house, do not feel like you are disqualified from hosting anything. That's not, that's not the case at all. Absolutely not. Well, we used to have a little house in Hoboken and I tell you, we had many more parties there and we had tons of people there and it just, it didn't matter. We were all smushed in and we had a ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few things about space, you know, um, some of the things that I've chosen in my home do double duty. So I have an ottoman that serves as a place to sit. I have like my side tables, like a fuzzy cube that you could sit on and and things can be moved around that's one thing that i don't think people think about which i'm sure my husband loves when i tell him honey can you move this is you can move furniture like if you're having a party (laughs) and you can move two or three chairs into another room so you can have space for people to mingle absolutely do that If, if you're doing an activity that needs the room to be open like i'm like can we move this into the dining room because we're not using the dining room and it's like okay you know but like i will move furniture around to be conducive to whatever type of party that we're having in terms of space don't think of your space as being static you can also move things around or add things just for the day of the event yeah, yeah. one of the things that i like to do when having a party and one of the things i consider is who the party's for so in terms of hosting a party that's honoring somebody, I really try to take the theme, whether it's the theme of the party, whether it's the decorations or the music, and I like to gear it towards them. So we had this one party where it was, oh gosh, we did a wine tasting party and I did wine labels with the person's name on them. Um, We had themed music that was all like Italian, old school, like mob hits kind of music, Um, (laughs) kind of like really pulling in the theme and making it about that person. Um, My dad's really amazing at doing that as well for my husband's 50th birthday party. Um, He actually did a game that was all about my husband And he literally, like, stopped the party. Like, the band was in an intermission. And it was like a game show. It highlighted who we were honoring beyond beyond the singing of the happy birthday cake. Remember the why of why you're having the party. So Mm -hmm. that the things you do, the games you choose, the favor, the theme, kind of continually points back to honoring that person. Yeah. I also do love the honoring of that person, Kimberly. I think about the party that we had for my husband for his... um, graduation for getting his doctorate in, um, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity for people to, to get up and honor him in front of the part. We took time. That's not, it's not unusual. It's toasting sort of. Um, but it was a momentous occasion. You know, my husband was, had gotten a doctorate after being hit by a car and having brain injury. I mean, that's like extraordinary. So we had a big party. It was, um, exciting for us. I think people had a lot of fun and there was very specific time opened up for people to kind of share, um, what they had, um, what they wanted to say to Chris in light of his accomplishment. I will say this, here's something to remember and really try not to forget ever we did not have anybody taking pictures or videotaping that party. Mm, and that was a mistake. Um, uh, you know, even now I look back and think, gosh, we're lucky that we got a few decent pictures. But it was an opportunity, a really great opportunity for a lot of photos. And I wish I had, um, I had done something about that. I wish I had thought about that ahead of time. It was like one of those things we overlooked. We had the music. And by the way, we also had a little reminder about this. We did have a tent. Um, it wasn't a big fancy tent. It was just over our driveway. But um, the weather turned out okay, but it was threatening. And so I am. I, I would say, you know, um, if you're going to have an outdoor party and 
then you cannot bring all those people inside really quickly and make it work. Or it's really mm. hot, which it was at the time. I think it was pretty hot. Um, actually, I think we had it more into the summer. And, um, you know, consider that tent. That's another yeah. thing. I'm really glad we did. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of party ideas and so many different things that you can do and so many ways of so many different budgets in terms of what we've described. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, to just kind of think about some of the components so that people can walk away not feeling like, ah, there's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the components of a great dinner party outline. You know, one of them is simplicity. Um, keeping food assembled and ahead of time, ready to go so that you're not in the kitchen the whole time. Having one great signature cocktail. Um, there's so many great ideas out there today. Let's, you know, just choose one and yeah. have it made up in batches so that people can really eat it. Yeah. And then there's the cheese plate. As we said, you can even substitute that for a meal if it's, if it's big and beautiful enough. And by the way, Costco has great prices for really good cheeses and all mm-hmm, the other stuff, mm-hmm. the pesto and the top yeah. of that. And then cookies, same thing. I mean, I'm a baker, so that's a really easy thing for me to pull together. And I love fresh cookies, but you can, again, Costco has excellent cookies, mm-hmm. rugula and delicious chocolate chip cookies and all that kind of stuff. And favors only if they work really well or, or really fit the party. Otherwise, skip up, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's your coaching moment for us, Elise? Um, I was thinking my coaching challenge would be what party have you made up in your head and who have you invited? Make it happen. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, and I feel like this time of year with spring and we're heading into summer eventually, hopefully soon, mm-hmm. I feel a little bit more easy about having a party. <clears throat> There's yeah. something about this time of year that kind of wants me to break out of hibernation or, you know, I yep. feel like, oh, I could have something outside. We could be outside. Yeah. They don't have to be in my house. I don't have to worry about having anything perfect. It, it makes things a little bit more lighter, casual. So this is a perfect time of year to take the initiative and throw yourself a party. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget the reason why we want to have a party, because hospitality is a great way to love on the people that are in our life. It's a great way to serve others, and it's a great way to promote inclusion in your community. And... Mm. Um, it's a great way to connect people, you know, yes. um, even yeah. if you have a group of friends, maybe somebody out there is looking for friends and mm-hmm. a party is a perfect way to connect those people in your life. Love and, it. um, Love it. it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode. You'll find everything we talked about in the show notes. And if you throw a party and are able to use any of the tips we shared with you today, be sure to tag us on social media. We're all around the web as Circles of Faith. And if you're loving the show, share it with a friend, then head over to iTunes to leave us a review. Your comments really do go a long way in helping others find us.